Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canada Talk. I'm your morning and the coast as usual, Aiden. How's it, everyone? How's it, everyone? Hope, everyone, hope everyone's well. Big game against Watford. Arsenal trying to carry on that unbeaten streak since the last thing, the, pre- the first international break we had, or since we came back from the three losses. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a match against our training ground neighbours. I don't know if many know that London Colney is right next to the uh, Watford training centre. So, yeah, as you said, Arsenal on a good run as it is. But, I mean, Arsenal, of course, with the squad, uh, look for most parts, is normally fixed, like the, the starting eleven. But I think it was uh, just, I think prior to that, I think a few days before, Thomas Party was already, he pulled up in training with a tight um, groin. And I think he's now almost like being rested just as a precaution. There's no tear or anything. It's more down to, you know, just rest. So the only change that we then made was, made, yeah, was um, Aiden Slimetler-Niles coming in um, as the, like, you know, precaution sub. And then what was your thoughts of the lineup? you know, seeing it's almost like near carbon copy of what was previous weeks? You know, the, the Maitland-Niles and Lekonga, um Scared me, but not scared me, but you know, very young combo against Norwich, they did relatively well. But I mean, you know, Norwich and Watford gives you a bit more, you know, a, a bit of a battle in the middle of the park. So, you know, it's a bit wary of that. They're not having that that that, that presence of party in the midfield. So, you know, but other than that, I was, I was pretty happy with the lineup. I think, you know, it, it seems to be, like you said, the standard lineup. And what I'm enjoying is we're not having that. Tinker man, you know, inverted commas. Tinker. We played actually against the the Tinker man himself. Yeah. So also get the match underway. And I think from the get go, it already showed the you know the the the, the flair at the attacking flair of Arsenal, as well as the confidence that's you know buzzing through the whole team. And I mean, you could also hear that you know just through seeing those sort of performances, it reverberates also in the crowd. You can see. You know, there's a more upbeat feeling also. It, it, it takes almost like quite a lot for, you know, to get that groans going. Because, I mean, we also knew we were going to be in for a scrap because a team like Watford, I mean, look, you, you look at the, 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 track, uh, the track record now in the league, a team that's struggling, but it's almost like they're always losing by the odd goal. It's not like you're really, you know, giving them like a real beating. or So they can be you know, a team that can frustrate, frustrate and... Something that I noticed, I mean, it's still going to lead on to um, with this uh, match uh, to review. But it, it was like they're a team compared to, you know, the teams that we have played, where they are something like a Norwich thing, uh, a squad where they're, they're not really, they don't have that many, say, talented, talented players, but they can frustrate and, you know, they can really get, with the crowd, you're, like, say you're playing in front of your own crowd, they can actually start getting on your back because just the way these guys aren't going to fall for those little tricks, you know, you, like when we play a team that say of Leicester's level, whatever, you can draw out these players, you know, to, to make that space. But they almost like they are so fixed. And especially with, with a coach like Ranieri, where he's probably telling them, don't fall for anything that they're going to try. Because look, for easily five, ten minutes of that, at, at, or even 15 minutes of that first um, half, it was just total Arsenal. Because I think it was at one point that, that the little Oracle gauge that they had there was something like 90% Arsenal possession. Yeah, I think Aubameyang also scored the opening six minutes, but he couldn't control the ball and he failed to... He, he, should, have, he should have scored that. I think it was when then Saka got caught offside when he scored the goal. And I was actually quite disappointed because uh, I think... He, I'm not sure if it was Ian Wright or such full-time, or at half-time, sorry, was saying 
uh, you know, yes, actually expected somebody of Aubameyang's caliber to at least get it on target. And I mean, he totally just like air shot at the ball. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sometimes Aubameyang, you know, he's, he's on fire. And sometimes, you know, you're looking, there's much to be desired. So, you know, that there's, there could be a bit more from him, actually. And, you know, look, as I said, I'm going in, like, you know, through different stages of the, the first half of it. But, you know, when he made that miss, I thought it was, oh, shit. That, now he's, that, like, his mind is probably to the point of, you know, going, going, gone. And now you just, you know, now you just hope that the, the other, nine, like, you know, the nine infield players, you know, can keep their heads together to get us over the line because he looks already ruffled with that old uh, thing. You know? Yeah, I know. And I think yeah, that there's 100% right. It, it kind of carried, it's like he couldn't shake it throughout the game. It's almost like what you know when you're talking always about the, your cricket terms and that. It's almost like when you end up dropping a catch, it's like they can yes. win the field that ball is following you and you're gonna keep on <laughs> dropping the ball. Yeah, so yeah, Smith Rowan Saka is a total nightmare for the fullbacks of of Watford because I mean and and I think I'm not sure if you and I spoke about it privately or uh, in last week's podcast where we said you know Tommy also brings out something in, in uh Saka. And Tavares is also bringing out something now in, in Smith Row. So, you know, they're almost like making it the night. So you might double up on the one, but you're just going to leave an extra man, or like, you know, a space open for Tavares to burst through or to Tomiyasu to burst through. So, I mean, I'm actually enjoying this, the sort of free-flowing football where teams are trying their utmost to, you know, to nullify us on, on both flanks. No, I, I think it's working very nicely that we... Utilizing both flanks because remember we always to be very heavy, heavy on the left hand side yeah. with all our attacks going through. But now it's like we're spreading it all over. That you know you can't just close off the left. You need to you need to think now what you're going to do with us. Do you see? Like, I mean, I'm just asking your opinion. Numbers. Do you see even a place back for Pepe at the moment, or do you see some one of them having to really ever you know a runoff you know shit games or an injury before he gets into the squad? Uh, I think so. I think at so. either case of, you know, Pepe has to either have a stellar game in the Carabao Cup, you know, against Sunderland, or, you know, he comes on as a sub for a cameo, you know, maybe Saka has a bad game or, or Emil Smith, you know, and he kind of has to force his way in because I just think now with this current crop of players, and, and it's something that you've always mentioned in the past, um, you know, maybe they needed this European break so that, you know, you're not guaranteed a game of football every every week. You know, you have to work now. If you don't play, you have to play for your place. And I think we're seeing that slowly but surely in this team. Yeah, I, mean, I actually enjoy that because remember seasons before or even under different coach, you know, uh, the reigns of of, um, of Emery and, and Wenger, where you did see a certain uh, uh, trend where people were taking their places for granted. Where, you know, we didn't have a decent say, right back. So Bellerin, even whether he's playing good or bad, was getting a game and you had, you know, like uh, the defenders or the midfielders up front also. So there's always now almost like somebody, you know, breathing down your neck if you're going to screw up. Yeah, no, that, no, that's how it should be. That's how most you know, teams do well or, or, or exceed expectations because there's competition for places that you have to be on your A game week in, week out. You look at, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, it's United at the moment. Not saying that, you know, they we better than them, mm-hmm. but you still see, you know, a guy like Fernandes won't be displaced if he's not playing well or, um, yeah. You know, the favourite, you see Maguire there week in, week out, Lindelof because of a round injured. So, you know, and you have the European um, football as well. So, 
everybody's getting a game all the time because you have to rotate your players. But now with Arsenal, it's like, you know, if you're not going to pull your socks up and it's your opportunity, you don't know when your next chance is going to be. Yeah, but I think I, I think I mentioned at the start of the season or even during the, the pre-season when I said, uh, you know, like when you have, you look at Liverpool squad and you look at, say, Man United, they've got like 14 or 16 real, real good players. But if you start cutting through there with injuries and whatever, then you're down to the, the youth. Then you immediately, you don't even go to like a gradual, you know, dip with, with the quality of players. You're going to go straight from that, that, that top stars to the youth. I think with United also, that's so they are very weary when you see the, the squads they put together. Because it's not like once that, there's a chink in any of that. I think Spurs are also set up like that, where once you get through that, that top 14 of their players, you're going to see you coming through to the bare bone side of things. Yeah, I know, 100%. And I think, you know, as, as for us, we like, we don't have that, that, that exhausting European trips. I think we just need to keep keep yeah. on um, keep on going because you can see, you know, that even the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, the whoever it is, once they play European football and must play on the weekend again, you know, it's kind of a, a struggle sometimes to play it back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, then 34th minute in the match, Arsenal then end up winning a penalty. Uh, AZ Michael Niles ends up hitting a, a shank shot that just loops up into the air. And as the ball starts dropping, Danny Rose just cleans out Lacazette in the penalty area. Penalty for Arsenal. Yeah, no, it's still no penalty. No arguments for me. Um, but, you know, what happens afterwards? Does anyone want to take yeah. the listeners through what happened? Yeah, I mean, Aubameyang steps up. And I mean, right there and then, I can tell you now straight uh, and listeners now as well, I actually had no confidence because when I saw already at Miss against Aston Villa and it was almost like too casual, so I knew he's going to now get to a point now, you know, I think you, maybe you've also experienced playing football. When you know you've been caught out in, like, you know, going for a corner, you're going to try down the middle once. And I think he ends up doing that. And I mean, Ben Foster stands strong. I mean, I think he just manages to somehow, I don't know how he ended up, Maneuvering his body, but I mean, he's already going the wrong way, but he's just stretching out body parts and he ends up diverting the ball away from goal. So, a penalty miss for Arsenal. You know, I, I think, like I said, should be taking penalties yeah. over Bamiyang. I mean, like I said, whenever he takes it, he always smashes it. Him and Pepe, you know, as much as they sometimes give me yeah. grief, their conversion rate is somewhat better than Bamiyang's. I mean, what's this now? Two in two penalties of Bamiyang's missed. Yeah. And don't forget, you know, the miss against Spurs in the 2018-19 season, which ultimately cost us a Champions League spot. But I think what, what the technique, when I look at, at Lacazette's penalties, what I like about him is he does this, like a slow walk towards the ball, and it's like it's forcing the goalkeeper to make that, that sort of decision. That's why you see Lacazette has beaten some of the top goalkeepers in the Premier League. Just with that technique of, of taking penalties, because he knows that by the time they, uh, you know, have to choose a, a spot, he's just playing into the other direction. Simple as. Yeah, I know. Him and Pepe are very good penalty takers and under pressure kicks. You know, I would rather have either one of them. I mean, even Pepe, that kick he took against Villarreal when mm-hmm. we lost two one. But I mean, it was a it's a very good penalty under the circumstances. So 40th minute, Watford now find us out waking up, and you know, Lakanga. Uh, he does something that I noticed is becoming like a, it's a recurring thing. He ends up sometimes dallying on the ball too long. I mean, I'm not trying to... It's not like something that he needs to also eat out of his game because 
I don't know how many times I saw him and Maitland Niles. I think Maitland Niles once where the crowd even had to shout man on because they were just not aware of, of what's happening behind them. And he's somebody he ends up getting uh, dispossessed. The ball then comes up to Kuka, who ends up, you know, you know lining up to, to uh, let, the, let rip. And I mean, Ben Whiten again comes to the to save us with, I mean, it, I think it was just, I think the tip of his knee ends up just guiding the ball past the Arsenal goal. Yeah, that was an excellent stop. And I 100% agree with uh, Lekonga getting caught on the ball because that goal against Crystal Palace, you know, was him getting yeah. caught on the ball. And it was very something similar where he, he wasn't aware about his surroundings. And, you know, it could have been 1-0 to Watford and, you know, Arsenal going down with so much pressure against Watford going down 1-0. In the 43rd minute, Gabriel then sees his, you know, launching header smashing against the legs of Ben Foster. So, I mean, it could have been easily also 2-0 because fantastic save that the old man pulls off in the Watford goal. Once again, uh, Arsenal's set piece is looking very dangerous. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how you saw it, but, I mean, for me, the last five minutes, things got very dis- disjointed because I just felt for that sort of domination we had for, you know, two-thirds of that first half, we ended up like, just giving up everything. Like I, would, I think it, it, it was more down to, not say fatigue, but I think it was just down to cockiness because, you know, all like thinking, okay, we got this uh, position-wise, we're dominating this game. And I think just that, Watford were feeding off, and that's why you sort of... Saw these half chances falling to Watford late on in the in the game, and you could also sense. I mean, the crowd didn't go, you know, like groaning and moaning, but I mean, they were trying to just fire Arsenal up to see them over the line to uh, to get to halftime. No, I, I I saw that, and you know, it was it could have been like I said, very ugly going to halftime, one 0 down after all that dominance yeah. and missing a penalty. Yeah. So second half, Arsenal then start taking full control again of the game. Uh. The end of the sixth minute came was like the controversy moment of the game because look, tackles are just flying in from both sides. Yeah. Uh, at one point, that one at the Turkish midfield, he ends up you know laying in the heap. But okay, Watford also continue playing. Then uh, I forgot the guys. Oh, Saar, Ismail Saar ends up trying. I don't know if he lets the ball just run past him or something like that. And Ainsley Michael Niles collides with him. But I mean, I was like the way media, the you know the UK media or sports media were trying to make it out. It's like. Maitland Niles just wiped him out, but I I just think you know when you, you watch matches sometimes look uh, look uh, of course I'm gonna be a bit biased or, or as an Arsenal yeah. fan, but my take is just I mean you, how many times have you see in matches where players are just running into each other where yeah. fouling each other they just run or they're trying to everybody's watching the ball and they end up just colliding but okay the ball ends up uh there's two two players end up colliding Sar stays on the ground uh, Maitland Niles ends up getting back in into position and then Danny Rose ends up hoofing the ball into into touch and I think this is where the nasty side of Arsenal that you know sometimes we're always saying oh, uh, be like uh, labelled you know too nice of a team like I said ends up just playing on he decides not to throw the ball back to Watford and I mean Arsenal end up going to you know playing on and then I mean the ball ends up breaking perfectly to Smith Rowe and I mean he guides the ball perfectly in the Watford goal 1-0 Arsenal yeah, it was an excellent goal, and, and you know, he's making us eat our words, you know, when we were saying the number 10 jersey might be too heavy for him, but it kind of, he's kind of, you know, getting assists and getting goals week in, week out now, and he's he's really looking the part in this team. He's really a player at the moment. But well, so maybe the fire that we needed on his backside of us talking, yeah, it's not like talking trash, it was 
straight, I mean, you heard even like, uh, you know, the, the pundits on TV were saying he needs to add this to his game. He needs to be yeah. a bit more unpredictable. He needs to, you know, drive a, a bit more and also know, because I think you're the third or fourth game of the season where he, uh, uh, before we even mentioned something in the podcast, where one of the commentators said he needs to release it, a co-commentator, sorry, said he needs to learn when to release the ball just at that few seconds fast instead of taking that two to three steps. And he's doing that now. He's playing the killer pass way quicker now. Yeah, no, that's 100% correct. But then, do you think we should have thrown the ball, ball back for Watford? Because, I mean, they weren't even fighting and arguing with the ref much. I mean, to be honest, I was so distracted by, first, the player lying there and the ref not taking action. Because, I mean, the ref did take a hard look, long look at him and just said, go on and play on. And that is when Danny Rose moved the ball. And I think right there... I think some fans also got lost almost like in the moment of, you know, because uh, I think it was like say two or three players wanted the ball to be thrown back, but you could see the other players were already in position for the game to continue. Like they were already picking up, you know, Arsenal players like from the throw-in. And I think just that, that more like the, the three in defence of Watford, they were kind of switched off in the minute that ball got played. They already gave, uh, I think Saka was that opportunity just to get a few, you know, that, that few inches or seconds ahead of the opponent. Yeah, I know, but you know, you take any goal as they come, especially in the Premier League, so 1-0 to Arsenal, and, you know, I, I thought maybe this would have been a catalyst for us to push on for, for a second. Yeah, then Arsenal end up making a substitution, 69th minute, Odegaard coming off for Lacazette, and then, I mean, for me, 73rd minute maddening moment, really, because Odegaard's <laughs> goal-bound effort, and I think, look, he was also in need of a goal for confidence. You know, ends up getting like you can see he's already goal bound and, and trickling to the net, and Aubameyang decides to stick a boot out and gets the studs in to stab the ball home, but then he ends up getting called offside for it. Oh, what a frustrating moment for! I mean, I was, you know, hoping that for some medical that he didn't touch his studs. Yeah, me too. But... I was actually watching on all angles just to see. But that would have you know, kind of taken the edge of things a bit in this game, but you know. One all still, I mean, we're still trying to defend this this lead and try to keep the clean sheet. Yeah. So at the same time, Watford were also getting more adventurous. Ranieri just throws on forward after forward. I think all three of these subs that eventually came on were strikers or you know attack uh, midfielders. Uh, and then of course, fun fact: Claudio Ranieri has never beaten Arsenal. He's drew, drawn four and lost seven as manager in the Premier League. Um, you know. With the, with the, I was also losing at the latter part with Arteta somewhat. I don't know how you were feeling or the listeners were feeling, but when I started seeing us giving the ball more away, because I think from goal kicks, we were already losing the ball. From any, every time the ball was even coming to midfield, ever, they were getting out-muscled and, and outrun with the ball. So I was really thinking to myself, you know, Arteta, you've got two, uh, two subs up your sleeve. Make some changes, because I mean, you can see we're going to get overrun here, and I think Ramsdale was also losing his shit there at one point because every time the ball was just coming straight back, straight back, even though he was hoofing the ball clear, distributing with the hand to get the ball clear. But I mean, that ball just came boomeranging back to us. Yeah, I know. It looked like a disaster waiting to happen. I was also getting quite frustrated. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ramsdale almost also gave us a goal with Josh King. You know, if, if he had been a bit more clinical, he could have, you know, made it 1 1. Where, I mean, Ramsdale really makes mistakes, but that was a. Almost a massive one to make. I mean, you know what shocked me on that moment because the camera was zoomed zoomed in on on uh, Josh King, Joshua King, and and Ben White, 
and you could see Ben White actually just wanted to let the ball roll out into touch. And then like out of the almost like out of the peripherals, you just see this blue person coming across the and I mean he's missing the ball completely. And I mean it reminded me a bit of that Fabianski moment against uh in uh, was it Hull City in the FA Cup? Okay. Sean Luca, yeah, when he when Luca <laughs> missed it against yeah, hundred percent I just saw what I mean for me it was just like my eyes I mean I didn't even take note of the player anymore that had the ball and, and Ramsdale being out of position, my eyes were just fixated on that need to see is it going to, you know, bulge. And I mean, it ends up, you just see the fluttering, the side beating. And I thought, Jesus, that is now one hell of a let-off. Yeah, it was let I think if it was a, not a Josh King, not a quality player, but a bit more composed player, <laughs> it probably would have, you know, would have bulged the back of the net. I mean, the, the comment that we had was actually saying, now you need to sound like Kanu to get that. Oh, <laughs> So, so Chelsea fans close the ears after that comment. <laughs> so so eighty six minutes also then make a second substitution. Elneny then coming on for Smith Rowe. Probably you you can see he's also his race was run, legs also probably gone. Then eighty ninth minute uh, that uh, Kuka ends up stopping a marauding Tavares run with a I mean a real clumsy tackle that sends a Portuguese left back flying. And I mean, of course, the uh, the player gets the second yellow and gets sent off. And I think that also just just was about the moment where all fight was like really taken out of Watford at the moment. Yeah, no, but Watford also did give us a, a scare towards the end. It seemed like they played better with with the ten men towards the end. But yeah, at least it also maybe maybe just squeeze the second. I mean, I really wanted. I think now what was the ninetieth minute where Lokonga ends up stinging for Foster's hands with that twenty yard pile driver. I was really wanting him to score because I mean he he, he did a, he had a decent performance and I mean I think we end up making a, a third substitution in injury time with since it was seven minutes injury time we end up in the ninety third minute bring on Martinelli just to play a possession game coming on for Saka but I mean at at full time I mean I was really surprised but I'm also well deserved that Ainsley uh, Niles gets the Sky Sports man of the match. I was really, really impressed because he, he didn't do anything elaborate or whatever. I mean, he just, you know, put his head down, did his job. And I mean, for him to get plaudits like that, it just shows you how much of a shift he put in in the game. Yeah, maybe he should also be getting more of an opportunity from time to time again next to party. I mean, him and party have never really played together. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's worth trying because, look, I know between, look, we've got now uh, African Nations Cup qualifiers also this coming weekend so but i still think we do have a, a huge contingent of players whether it's from europe or south america and that or in africa that aren't going to be playing for the country so i mean it's also like i'm sure Arsenal will probably do a you know behind closed doors game again in the next week and a half or so yeah it'll be quite interesting let's let's hope we do that it seems to be the good luck charm yeah so now we switch our attention to the talking points um uh Smith Road ends up getting a uh, England call up. I mean, first, at, at many were believing that he was not gonna get the call up because Southgate, I think, had almost like his all his players in 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 you know that his squad put together. But then if something happened, or there was one of the players where he's now on that emergency list and he ended up getting drafted in. So, I mean, I actually would have liked if I mean I'm happy yeah. on the one hand, but on the other hand, I'm thinking, damn, I mean, I wanted him to also get you know a rest this couple of weeks out. No, I, I agree with you because, you know, as Arsenal fans, we've seen many times what international break does to our season when our, you know, star players, you know, picks up a inverted commas, small niggle, which should be out for about two to three weeks. Next thing, they're out for the whole season. 
But I'm, so, I'm excited. Yeah, go on. No, no, so I'm just hoping that, that you know, it's if he gets his minutes or whatever, makes a good debut and comes back in all in one piece. Yeah, because I think now also it shows you also the importance of, you know, having players was like fully on here, fully recharged before they tackle on another, you know, batch of uh, international, uh, Premier League game, sorry. But, I mean, I'm just, I was just uh, looking ahead to the international schedule for all the, you know, the, was it leading up to the World Cup next year? Um, I think in February, again, is like a sort of, because most of the, these qualifiers will be finished over those two weeks now. So that's like, I think, was it four, four games in two weeks? So I just wonder now if, if when it comes to the international break, I'm not sorry, into that, that period where it's just going to be fixed friendly in uh, 2022, because I think February starts already. If it's now just down to them experimenting more, or do they now just see that, you know, we, we try with with off uh, on that first team England players, or really just give, you know, people that don't usually get a, a call up for England, they get to play those games. Because I think England also have like, a three, like two to three games over that period. Sure. Sounds very hectic. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just wondering, like, do our players actually get a rest, or is this opportunity where Ramsdale, Ramsdale gets to play for England and, uh, like, say Ben White, because he seems to be always, like, just missing out now. Oh, I, 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 I'm hoping they get their rest, but, you know, I, I think you're right. There could be opportunities now for them to get game time, and they might probably use them instead of, you know, exerting the so-called starter players. Yeah, but I mean, I still agree with you. You said last week, you said, like, let them have a decent season, say, for Arsenal now. And then, I mean, by the time the, the World Cup comes around, you already got guys that are, you know, eating crazy heights with their form and, and, and the sort of performance that they're teaching out every week. To actually, you know, you just, you know, you will kind of, uh, you know, make a place for them in that squad because, you know, they, they, they already proved themselves in the league itself. Yeah, I definitely think that because... I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe at the moment, you know, I haven't been watching City's games, but he's been steal- yeah. seeming to, him and Saka seem to be stealing more of the headlines, uh, headlines than a guy like Raheem Sterling at the moment, or even Grealish at City. I mean, I don't think Grealish has been doing, you know, that much at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just like before I round off the podcast, um, that whole Arsene Wenger movie, The Invincibles, is now out. And I mean, what actually made quite interesting listening and, and viewing as well, like to the, I mean, the interview, I didn't even watch the film yet, uh, where he actually says the the information that's given in the film, like the documentary of him, is actually going to tell you way more about his last years at Arsenal, that something that he did not put in his book, his biography, because he said the biography was more just based on football things, but he said, the the movies and actually tell you you know where it went wrong and all that stuff was was oh wow that'll be interesting for all the Arsenal fans to listen to actually yeah so I mean do you have anything to say before we head out no I think we can call it a break with like the international break yeah. okay guys take care we'll see you guys next weekend as we preview the Liverpool game take care enjoy the weekend bye cheers guys and hope you find things to keep you busy this weekend.